Welcome to The Frontline, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of sales leadership. Whether you're a sales leader yourself or someone who wants to learn more about building an elite sales team, we bring you the insights and strategies from today's top sales leaders living, working, and leading from the front line. Hey, welcome to The Frontline. I'm your host, Sean Buxton, Head of Sales Enablement at The Sales Collective. Excited to have our guest today, Cynthia Handel, currently Head of Global Sales at Cymera, recognized as Crunchbase 2023 Women in Sales, and also Demand-Based 25 Sales Executives to Learn From in 2023, and here to drop knowledge on us today on The Frontline. Welcome, Cynthia. Hi, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Sean. I love when I do these because I get to know a lot of cool people who add me after the webinar and excited to meet a lot of like-minded individuals like you and myself. Cool. Well, we're very excited to have you. You came highly recommended and and uh, based on your credentials, I can see why. Excited to talk about sales leadership with you and what it's like to be on the front line of sales. Why don't you just start with telling us a little bit about what first sparked your interest in sales leadership, what you're currently doing now? So I've worked all of my life in sales. And I think that in life, you have like those aha moments. And during when I was in school, high school and college, like all of my friends did activities, like even my sisters, one of them played the flute, the other one was really good at sports, the other one was really good at art. And I remember going through high school and college, like I tried out so many different things. And I never, I was never really good at anything specific. So I think I went through college and life thinking that I really didn't have like the skill and when I was in college, I actually, well, I was a talker. I was always like a people person. I always loved talking. So when I was in college, I got a job as a store manager for a, a fast fashion brand. And I remember I really loved talking to customers and I had to sell clothing. I was actually the store manager and I really liked the side of actually managing people and being able to make like even though I was selling fast fashion it felt good when you had this customer that would come in and would buy all of these clothing pieces from you so it, it started feeling good and I remember my mom and everybody around me saying like you you're really good at sales have you ever thought of actually like getting into a sales career um so basically one of my customers who had known me all of my life was the, the general manager for a shopping mall. And she reached out to me because she had a marketing position open, a sales and marketing manager position. I was 27 years old and I had never actually worked specifically like planning activities as a marketing manager because it was planning the mall's activities and she gave me a chance. And in that job, I found out I really didn't like marketing. Event planning is definitely not my thing, but it also came with the leasing of the spaces of that specific mall. And I loved it. I 
just love that vibe of actually feeling, uh, following up, calling tenants up, selling them spaces, offering spaces, promoting them all. And I remember I didn't like the whole event planning thing. So one thing led to another. I started making a lot of commission, a lot of money when I was 26 years old, selling spaces in that mall. One thing led to the other. And I was actually headhunted by a huge real estate corporation in Latin America that owned 15 malls. And I started as a sales executive and learned everything I did about sales because back then sales was done door to door, visiting um, stores and malls so that we could actually sell the spaces in the malls. And I loved it. I was promoted to a manager two years after that, started my own team, scaled that team. The pandemic happened. I worked there for eight years. Me and my entire team were let go. I was burnt out, tired. I remember that I had read all these stories on people working remotely, but it was like a myth to me. Like I really didn't know how to get started or what to do to be able to work in tech. So I'm there sitting in my room in July of 2020. The world is still closed down and I'm thinking, what am I going to do with my life? I just got laid off from my job and I started applying to jobs on LinkedIn and I remember seeing posts about this company that was based out of Boston that was hiring SDRs I really didn't know what a sales development rep was even the name was like exotic to me like I had no idea what it was and I applied and I got the job and I was freaking out because I remember that they sent me a lot of documents and information a lot of technical information. I wasn't familiar with a lot of the tools three years ago. I had never even used Slack. So I was really like overwhelmed when I had to actually see all of those tools. But I remember that every single night I would read about how it would take to be a good BDR. What did a good BDR have to do? How many days is it around to be a BDR? And I read and read and read. And I remember that I started thinking that when I was in real estate back 13 years ago, uh, our daily quota of calls was 40. So I started thinking that, what if I do 80? What if I do 100? So I started doing three times more than what I, I was supposed to do. I remember that they told us that there were a lot of different ways where you could reach out to leads. I started going into forums. I started using email. I started using LinkedIn. And one thing led to another. I reached quota on my very first month. And for six consecutive months, I never missed quota. So I was promoted to an AE. I hated it. And after that, six months later, they promoted me to the SDR manager for that company. Time went by and then I was recruited by Samara. And here I am. This is my story. <laughs> Long story wow. short. That's how I made it short for you. Oh, I appreciate that. That is quite a journey. So it uh, sounds like you, you kind of have a heart for SDRs, BDRs. Would you agree with that? I would. I like I was a BDR back in 2020. And I think that I was also a BDR back in 2011 and 2012. Because any role that is not a manager job that you're supposed to call and send emails to your customer is a BDR. Except that back in 2011, BDRs weren't called BDRs. They were just sales executives or sales reps. But I've been a BDR 
three times in my life and I loved it. I think that the business development side of things is actually the most like energizing and vibrant part of sales. And it's my favorite thing in the world because energy, I love the energy that beauty arts bring that feeling that you get when you book your first meeting or when actually one of your meetings turns into a close deal. It, it's like that win to see that you actually did a good job that you brought in a good lead. It's, it's those little moments that you have to like hold on to. Yeah. And, and thinking of like the part that you played in that, right. That you sourced that lead and then it became revenue for the company. So for all the BDRs listening, what advice would you give them? How did you stay engaged? How'd you stay self-motivated? How'd you keep from burning out? If you're making three times the calls that all the other BDRs and SDRs are making, then uh, how did you keep that motivation high? I think that one of the most important things that has helped me throughout my career is that I'm extremely organized. I am old school and you're going to laugh. I manage my Google calendar, but I always have my agenda where I write everything down every single day. I don't know if you guys can see it. You saw it a can. Yep. I'm extremely yep. organized and structured. So Part of being a good sales rep and being able to keep up with your numbers is to be organized. Like every single day you have to learn how to actually organize your schedule. That's probably one of the most important things of a sales job. If you stick to a schedule every day and you actually time block it on cold calling time, cold emailing time, prospecting and everything that you need to do, you will be efficient. Uh, I'm I'm a believer that you can get your work done in eight hours a day if you if you learn how to organize your time efficiently. And that's the way I've always been throughout life. All right. Well, let's switch to some sales leadership stuff. So fast forward to now, you're head of global sales at Samira. And I was reading through your LinkedIn bio and saw that you grew the team from three to 33. Is that right? Somewhere around yep. there? Yep. Yeah. So when you think of the challenges you were facing building that team from three to 33, what were some of the obstacles that you ran into for those young sales leaders that we have out there listening today that, uh, you know, they may have a team of five and they're looking to scale to 10, 20, 30. What are some of the obstacles you ran into and, and uh, how did you overcome those? I think that one of the most important things in sales is being able to adapt quickly with ever changing times. Like for example, three years ago, it was all about the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, two years after that, it was all about the great resignation. And now we're talking about the recession. So as a, as a sales team leader, you need to be able to adapt quickly to whatever changes go on in the marketplace. That's number one. Number two, know how to interview people and it really depends on the role you're looking for because uh i think bdrs can be built of course there's awesome experienced people out there but i believe that sometimes hiring on potential is extremely good i like to hire people that come from non-traditional sales backgrounds because they make great bdrs and i think that 
you know what you have to like, you should have a list of criteria that you're looking for. And like I said, experience doesn't necessarily have to be one of them, unless you're looking for a more senior BDR or somebody that's a lot more experienced in cold calling. But I believe that BDRs can be built if you hire somebody based on potential. That was the number one obstacle at the beginning because we we're looking for people with experience. And uh, then we found out that sometimes hiring people with potential was also working out for us. Number two, uh, I think you need to leverage the technology that you have or the tech stack that you have. And whenever you're building a BDR team, I think extremes are bad regarding technology. Like you can't have too many tools, but you can't have too little tools. I think... Um, you need a good prospecting tool, obviously. That's whether you're using Apollo, Zoom Info, Lusha, Seamless, Rocket Reach, whatever. You need to have a good tool. And that's the number one key for when you're building out a team. You need to have the appropriate tools too. You need to have a good email sequence tool as well. Because um, I was just talking to my team about this. The number two sources where you're going to get probably or channels where you're probably going to get more leads out on are probably the phone and the email. Social selling is good, but you should do a multi-channel approach where 70 75% of your or 50% of your meetings or demos come from cold calling and the rest come from email and social selling or a mix. So picking the right tools and having the right tools is also important on building a team because you can have the right people. But I see this every single day where I'm talking to BDRs from other companies because that's part of the Samir offering where we train them. They don't have the appropriate tools. They don't have the appropriate coaching. And that would take me to point number three. There is a coaching side that is attached. Like you need to stay on top of your team and like, be constantly changing the activities that you do. Um, for example, we did an activity today that, that was that was actually fun called Eat the Frog, where there's a saying that you if you you eat the frog is that the frog is actually your most difficult activity or your the worst task that you have to do. And you have to do that early on in the morning as a very first thing. So we did that with prospecting today. It's eat the frog and prospect early on. So as the day goes by, the, the frog gets uglier and it tastes worse and slimier. So you need to swallow that frog early on in the morning. So there is a coaching side. You need to be aware of the activity that your team is doing, making sure that enable for everybody to follow metrics, prospect your, your ICP correctly and get it done. Uh, and they're not procrastinating. You need to make sure that all activities are tracked. Um, which is important. Uh, and that was one of the main obstacles that we had because when I started working for Samara, we didn't have an email sequence tool. Everything was through HubSpot. So there was there was some visibility, but there wasn't a lot of visibility. So, um, and I would say that the final obstacle that we had and that most people have is you need to know what's, the number of BDRs that you need to reach your forecast. If every single month you're probably going in blank and having different forecasts per month uh, and you don't have an idea, then you're doing something wrong with your go-to-market strategy because you need to know 
uh, what you're going to go into every month. And I mean, things happen, months change, like the pandemic, nobody knew that that was going to happen and change things along. But you should have an indicator or an idea of what a normal or typical month should look like. Wow, you gave so much there <laughs> to unpack um, so many good, good lessons there. When you think about being a sales leader today, you know, not when you're building your team before, but now fast forward to today, what are some of the biggest challenges that fit that face uh, sales leaders now? I think adversity is one of them. And I was one of the things that I I'm just reading a book right now. That's by Jeff Blount called selling in a crisis. I think adversity is one of the biggest things that we have right now, because as the market adjusts and changes, uh, customer needs change, like people that were going to buy or not going to buy decisions are being delayed. So uh, being able to adapt and just keeping your team motivated as all of this continues is, is one of the biggest challenges that you have because like April wasn't an awesome month for us. Um, and hopefully March started a lot better, but um, who knows what might happen at the end of the month. And, uh, that's one of the biggest challenges that, that also sales leaders are having right now, like being able to adjust because there's a lot of adversity happening. The recession going on is hurting everybody. So what are some of the ways that you keep the team motivated then and engaged during these adverse times? So we did a lot of things uh, actually between last week and this one that's uh, motivating everybody. We're doing a power hour where everybody's going to be calling at the same time just to get motivated and to have everybody book cold calls at the same time. And we're going to give out a cash prize to whoever books in more meetings. Um, something else that we're also doing is that um, we have uh safe spaces where like if you're feeling overwhelmed or if you feel that you just need a mental health check you can have that conversation with somebody within the company um we also have a book club every friday where we're reading a non-related sales book and talking about it as a team and as a group i think those team building activities are cool and we did some short changes on the comp plan to make the bdrs make more money uh and be a lot more motivated to bring in more meetings via cold call when you think about yeah. uh sales leaders coming into their first role you know just starting off if you can remember back when you first started what what are some lessons or some some tips you can give them to get them started faster? We have a lot of people that listen to the to the podcast that aren't in leadership yet, but they aspire to be. And so we're always looking for uh, advice that we could give to someone just getting started out in sales leadership. So people may underestimate this, but never listen to everything that is on the internet because there is so many. If you start reading everything that everybody posts on LinkedIn. It's like cold calling is dead. Don't cold call specifically work on social selling. No, I think that there are a lot of gurus out there, no hate or anything that actually know a lot. I like to read a lot and I like to like have different approaches. So reading is always great. You can come up with a lot of different ideas to take a lot of webinars, courses and everything to stay up to date 
And if you have the space to do that in your company, I think that trying out different things is always good. Um, stick to the basics and to the fundamentals. And those are probably cold calling, cold emailing, and a little bit of social selling because you don't want to put your eggs all in one basket and just have a rep do meetings purely on social selling. Uh, I have yet to see that work. Uh, I have yet to see a rep book 30 meetings purely on email. It really depends on the product, on the product that, I, that on the current product that I sell and what I've sold in the past. I think a multi-channel approach is the one that best works. So never put all of your eggs in one basket, diversify, uh, have your reps book through cold call, cold email, LinkedIn, and it's all going to add up even forums, Facebook groups, whatever. Uh, and that's one of the best ways. And uh, whenever you're going to set goals with your team, you need to understand and know each person's potential, like who can you expect more from and who is more of a junior BDR or SDR that you can probably ramp up and start with smart goals, like have, have them do an, a scale of probably do 10 meetings one month or eight meetings one month, the next 10, 12, 15, until you scale them up to a specific number. Those are probably some of the tips that I would give out. When when you think about this new sales leader, what qualifies somebody or what are some of the qualities we're looking for that make for a successful sales leader, in your opinion? Um, I think that number one, being empathetic, it's one of the most important things because sometimes things fall out of your control and things happen to people and you need to understand that if somebody who was a consistent top performer is under delivering or underperforming, you need to figure out what's going on and what the problem is with that specific person. Um, number two, I think that you need to set some time aside at least once a month or three times every quarter or something like that to be able to speak to every rep on your team just to get the look and feel. Um, and of course, like I said, there is a coaching site that goes attached. You need to create monthly coaching activities or one-on-ones with your team uh, or even have a sales trainer do it or have one of your team leads do it. When you think about these metrics that you mentioned earlier and having KPIs that you're monitoring and things like that, the day-to-day -day kind of stuff, What's your approach to setting goals and achieving those goals? How do you measure success? How do how do you know from your level if the front lines are winning or losing? So obviously, we normally break down goals by week. So let's say that we had to do 200 meetings on a month. That's 50 per week. And basically, that's 10 meetings a day. So we keep a daily tracker just to make sure that we are on track for what our goal is per week to make sure that we keep that per month. If we are, if our tracker goes up the following week, it means that we probably did a lot less than what we were supposed to do. And everybody's quota gets higher because if you're actually booking the number that you need to do per week, you're going to reach your quota faster. You're probably going to be able to book more than that. But if at the end of the quarter, you're just taking a look at what you're missing, you're going to try to like, just, you know, uh, 
like have fires everywhere and not being able to focus. So I think that looking at strategy since the beginning of the quarter related to metrics is something that's going to help you keep track of, of everything. When you uh, think about the data and the analytics, um, how do you leverage that data to uh, inform like your strategies, your decisions making? Like how do you use data typically day to day? Oh, we're using data to create more content on emails. I think that, uh, like I said, one of the best approaches when you're sending emails is to hyper-personalize them, especially when you're multi-threading to different decision makers in the company. So having access to that data is going to help you personalize more. Um, and you should have some, some data. Like, for example, if your decision makers are C-suite and you're reaching out to CEOs, CFOs, CTOs, CMOs, you should have data on what emails work best with them. Also, data is related to market changes as well. So, for example, if you're seeing a lot of layoffs across a specific sector, maybe stay away from that sector and focus on a different industry or vertical where um, it's not being uh, hit hard by layoffs. Um, data can be used in a lot of different ways. And that's the great thing about technology. A lot of our tools actually have intent data today. You can pick up data from your customers, like for example, Whenever you're in a sales slump, you always want to take a look at who your best customers are and what are what is the number of like, for example, for us, um, we take a look at what were the latest deals across which industries were closed and which positions to probably focus our prospecting efforts more on that than like, let's say unicorn positions where normally it's going to be a lot harder for them to hire or make a decision. So. Data, I think, is useful in that every day because you can keep track of what's working and what's not and focus your prospecting, your cold calling, and your email efforts over to that. Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, when you're thinking about being in leadership, I think a lot of people are apprehensive about going into leadership because they don't understand how to work with the other departments and how to build those strong relationships and cultivate those relationships. Like they understand their role and they understand the sales role, but would you speak to how you cultivate relationships and build strong relationships with key stakeholders and in other departments within your organization, say for example, marketing or product development and how you've been successful doing that? So I think that, in our company, we have a weekly meeting where all of senior management is involved and we have an agenda where everybody has to talk about. Also, at the end of the week, everybody has to send uh, their weekly report to all of the executives and key, holder, key, key decision makers across all departments. So you can actually take a look at what everybody's doing. And when we go into that weekly meeting that I told you about, according to the agenda, you can ask questions if you are interested in knowing on why a specific decision was made or or why are these changes going on there's a lot of visibility i think transparency is one of the biggest things and uh being transparent in front of everybody like like i i, I have a lot of confidence in my upper management team and everybody that works at the company I work for. And basically when we suck at something, we just say it out there. Like we sucked at this, this, and this last week, and we're doing this, 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 this to actually fix it this week. So I think transparency is one of the biggest things and one of the most important things that you can help to cultivate relationships with other 
decision makers across the company that you work for. When uh, when you think about building those relationships, you know a lot about a lot of I think the challenge that the young sales leaders face is that you know they maybe don't feel qualified. So, what's a book or a podcast or a YouTube channel that you listen to that you frequently uh, read or or visit that you really mm-hmm. feel like is filling you up right now? Like it's getting you, it's getting you to the next level and the next level and the next level. Do you have anything that you would recommend so, to listeners? I actually have the answer for that in physical. I am obsessed, obsessed with everything Jeff Blount. And this is his newest book, Selling in a Crisis. And I just bought it for all of my team. Um, and Jeb, if you're listening to this, he knows I'm a huge fan. I tag him in a lot of my LinkedIn posts. I think that the number one book that changed my sales career is Fanatical Prospecting. Like that book is my sales Bible. I know it's my sales Bible. And I make every single person that goes into my team read it because I think that the keys to succeed in sales are in that book. Like one more call, the more you prospect, the luckier you get. So I always go back to the basics. And this is why I love Jeb so much because this book that he has right now, I I even bookmarked all of the pages that I think apply to us. And in times of crisis, when things get hard, you have to remember that you you, have, you can only control three things, right? Your mindset, your actions, and your reactions. So sometimes we forget that. Uh, and we are all going through difficult times right now. I don't think the sales landscape is as easy as it probably was a year ago with things changing so much in every single vertical and industry. And you just have to remember that uh, there is no like, easy formula or easy button in sales it's just hard work so um this book right now is like my book of the month and i I keep quoting quotes from it to the bdrs and i just keep telling them like you need to remember this you need to remember this like uh, it's funny because the preface says like winter is coming and only those who only those that know how to rise will survive so that's exactly what we're doing right now Awesome recommendation. Yeah, I have the fanatical prospecting, but I do not have that. So we'll have to check out that book uh, right away. Okay, last question for you. I like to ask everybody this. If you were dropped on a deserted sales island, okay, uh, deserted sales island, and you can only bring with you one skill to survive in sales leadership, what would it be? Can, I, can it be something technology or or skill? Can be anything you want. You can bring one one sales leadership skill or tool with you, something so that you could survive on this, uh, the sales island, what would it be? I would bring the phone. I would bring a phone. You can't survive without the phone and it will always be the fastest way to reach more prospects. So I would bring a phone without, without a phone. I couldn't survive. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that makes a lot of sense considering that you are the, uh, the queen of BDRs, it sounds like, and that you have a real heart for that. <laughs> Maybe I just gave you a new uh, a new bio for your Big name. There you go. Well, Love Cynthia, that. thank you so much uh, for being here, and thank you for listening to the Frontline, a podcast dedicated to exploring the world of sales leadership. I hope you got something out of this today. I know I did. We invite you to continue the conversation with us on LinkedIn and share your thoughts and experiences as a sales leader. And don't forget to tune in for our next episode where we'll continue to explore 
the front lines of sales leadership for you. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Sean. And thank, thank you, you so much. It was great speaking to you. I appreciate it. See ya. Are you ready to take your sales team to the next level? Our team of world-class coaches can help, whether it be sales process, hiring rockstar sellers, or simply building your sales and sales leadership skills. The Sales Collective has you covered. Visit us today at thesalescollective.com.